The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. All right, Mike. We are live in the Facebook group. Beautiful. Hey, Cleaning Nation. Welcome to 2024. Uh, if you are wanting your year this year to be different than last year, you're in the right spot, maybe even better. So uh, for those of you guys that are around, you know that we jump on weekly live. We take questions from the audience. If you want to submit a question, you can do it at support at growmycleaningcompany.com. The lovely Lindsay will grab it. Uh, if you're here live and want to jump in and Lindsay finds it interesting, she'll throw it in the mix. So that said, let's uh, let's get this party started. What do you got and who can I help? All right, Mike, I went with a theme again. I'm digging the themes. Love and it. I asked, what specifically do you feel the most stuck on in your cleaning company? And we got so many emails. I We definitely don't have time for all of them. So I picked the best ones and uh, Facebook comments too. Um, first off, we have Shauna and she said, I recently submitted a bid for a 20,000 square foot, five day a week clean. The walkthrough that the decision maker was two hours, very detailed. I submitted my proposal via email, which I know you say don't do, but he would not have it any other way. How should I follow up? It felt like I had the contract. I used the COGS method, found their pain point. Um, so how should I follow up? How can I quote unquote fix the close? So, you know, I hate to be a butt, Shanna, but honestly, the reason we don't give bids over email is because once they've got the bid, there's really no, so I'll, you know, I guess I'll give the short answer, call him. And if he doesn't call back, that's it. Like there's really nothing to do. So there is no such thing as wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, that the problem is that frame is so wrong. This is your bid and you get to do it. If the relationship is built on you jump and I say how high you throw nickels and I dance. I don't know how to really build a relationship that way. If you're really going to help someone, you've got to be consultant. You've got to be someone that's helping them solve their problem. And you've got to take charge. You're like, Hey, you called me because you have a problem. You don't know how to solve it or you need help solving it. I showed up because I'm an expert and I'm better than anyone in the world at getting clear on the problem and helping come up with a plan to solve it. If that's what you're looking for, we can work together. If you're, if you know everything, you're just like, do this, do that, then hire someone else. Like if you, if you've got all this solved and you're so smart, then just hire a cleaner, do it yourself. What do you need me for? So I am not going to let him separate the, my expertise from into bits. This is what I want. I don't want this and I want the other. I don't do any one time paid consults where someone's like, I'll give you a thousand bucks and just help me for an hour. Cause I know there's really not a lot of transformation and give someone an hour and I'm interested in it. And it's like, well, that's the only way I want to do business with you. Then I guess we don't do business. That's okay. Right. So there's just so much foundationally, I don't say wrong with, but different than I would go about it in terms of a, be a consultant, not a salesperson. B part of the value you bring is helping him or her understand the problem and get clear on it. And the solution is not just a number, right? It is because again, I'm guessing they had someone cleaning it before and it didn't work because <laughs> they didn't go through this process to really understand it. So I don't know how to follow up and beg with someone that we kind of had a deal or he's like, just give me a bit, just email it to me, just email it to me. 
I'd be like, listen, if you don't have the time to get this problem solved and you're not really looking to dial into it and you want to do it your way, then that's fine. We're just not a fit. So I guess I would just set better ground rules for the relationship from the start. And if the question is, how do I get the guy to call me back after I kind of just agreed to whatever terms he wants that don't make any sense? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I just, and I'm not trying to crap on you. I just, I, I literally, if he doesn't call back, he's not interested. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's really, what are you going to follow up for? If he, if he wants your help, he'll call you and ask you if he doesn't not calling is a pretty good answer. So rarely have I found a deal where the guy's like, I wanted to go with Shanna, but she never called back. So I want the next guy. <laughs> he knows who he wants and just badgering him at that point. I don't think he's going to do any good. So kind of in a tight spot, uh, I guess bigger picture, I would create enough lead flow. So I wasn't dependent on any one bid. Right. So I'm like, I gave him a bid that goes in, that goes out. I don't care. I got 10 more bids coming. And the big thing is Shannon cleaning nation. You want to have a plan to hit your goal, regardless of any bid. Like a lot of times people come to us hung up on a specific bid, even if it's a big one and they tie up their whole year or success on this one bid. It's never the case, right? Just make sure you've got enough. Even if you get the job, I don't want it to be like, whoo, if I didn't get that job, I would never hit my goal. Cause that means if the guy quits, you're going to lose your goal. So we want to make sure we've got overreaching a plan that's going to work with or without this independent bid. I just wanted to add something, Mike, that you've said in the past, and I think it's really cool, if I may. <laughs> if you said you added something stupid, I want to bring it up again. You may not. But if it's like, <laughs> you're a genius, I don't want to tell people, like, I have time. I'm listening. <laughs> no, I love it when you, um, going back to the frame of, like, setting up the bid, where you always um, refer to the doctor frame. Like, you're a doctor coming into the situation. I just, I love that frame. And I think uh, just helping control the situation, like you're that much of a professional when you make the bids. I don't know. That always just hit home for me for some reason. So that's, yeah, I'm glad you said that, Lindsay. So what that would look like is if I went to the doctor and he's like, great, I need you to, you know, get undressed, get weighed, give me some blood. And the doctor's like, nope, just tell me a price. That would be insane. And then, the, you know, and actually email to me. The doctor would be like, are you out of your gut dang mind? Like I have sick people that need help. He's never going to be like, oh, okay, well, our stuff's really good. And then he wouldn't just email you like appendectomy, 26 grand, and then call you like, hey, Lindsay, about that appendectomy. Like the, the whole premise is insane on his face, right? So when you go in, a doctor frame is a great way to handle in terms of I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to get crystal clear on the problem. I'm here to get you crystal clear on the problem. And then I'm here to help you solve it. And if I happen to be the in my opinion or our opinion, the best option, then we'll go forward. And if I don't think I'm the best option, I'll refer you to another doctor. I'll refer you to another contractor. And if I am the best option, I'll help you walk through it so you get your problem solved. Very different than, come on, Lindsay, the appendectomy is, you know, 26 grand. Well, all right, what if I did it for 25? Would that like, it's all insane. Like, it's just not the right frame. So great, great deep pull, Lindsay. Yeah, deep pull. I just always love that one. That always hit home for me. All right, next up, we are back in the Facebook comments. Um, and Porchlight, I think they have a really long name. They shortened up for us. I remember Porchlight coming up on a prior episode. Said, question, how can I optimize operational efficiency and streamline processes within my cleaning business to enhance overall productivity and client satisfaction? All right, that's a crazy question. I don't even I don't even know. Yeah, satisfaction. I don't, <laughs> there's a lot of meta words. words in there. So my friend Porchlight 
for everybody, I think a lot of times when we're unable to ask a clear questions because we're not sure what we want, and if we're coaching live, Mr. Light or Mrs. Light or Mr. Porch, whoever you may be, I would ask a lot of questions like, what is it you're really wanting? So optimize operational efficiency and streamline processes. I don't even know what that means. Like to enhance overall productivity and clients. So those are all wildly different things. So I would get crystal clear on what the outcome that you want to figure out the right input. So most of the time when people say something fancy like that, operation, optimize operational efficiency and streamline processes, they're like, I don't want to work so hard or my customers are quitting and I want them to be happy or I want to make more profit. So it's just a tough question because there's like five questions. So operation, optimizing operational efficiency. I don't know what that means. And I'd go like, to what end? So I would kind of re reply with the question, so you can what? Like, what's the goal? Streamline processes. What processes? Billing, sales, cleaning, onboarding, training, hiring, HR. <laughs> There's a lot of which processes. Um, you know, it's kind of like, how do I make my cleaning business better? I'm like, I, boy, that's a lot of, <laughs> you're going to have to be more specific. And then, so the, the two specificities are overall productivity. I don't know what that means. Is productivity profit? Is it cleaning square foot per hour? Is it? converting. So I would get a lot more specific and for your own benefit, get more specific as to what you want. And then client satisfaction, again, it's like, well, are you, I don't know, are the clients you're having unhappy? Is it that they're quitting? Is it that they're staying, but they're not as happy as they could? Is that they're not giving you as many referrals as they want? Like, I guess I would say I would be much, much more specific. And I'm glad Lindsay read this question, even though this is one of the few, I'm like, I don't know how to answer it. Cause I feel like there's a hundred questions in there and there's no questions in there, but on this show, one of my favorite things, we get direct questions from you guys and gals. And 20% of the time, my coaching is get a better question, not because I'm trying to crap on you and not help you, but clarifying your thoughts in such a way that makes sense is so helpful. So I don't know. I don't know that anyone on this earth could answer, really read the mind of the questioner saying, how do I optimize operational efficiency, streamline processes, enhance overall productivity and client satisfaction without asking 27 questions in return, what do you, what do you, when you say productivity, what does that mean in terms of what, when you say client satisfaction, where are you now and where would you like to be to what end to make more profit, to have less negative feedback, to get better reviews on Google. And even if it's to get better, so you can what, so you can get more clients, so you can make more money. So we just, I would start with the end in mind and kind of ask yourself a more specific question of what is it I really want? Is it profit? Is it lifestyle? Is it impact? Is it more gross revenue? And then say, what do we think is holding you back? And then kind of look at how to fix that. But a lot of times we're just busy or overwhelmed or unhappy with our business. So we're like, how do I get more efficient? It's like, I don't know that efficient, A, how do you define efficiency? And B, are you really positive that efficiency is the problem? <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, define terms, I guess, would be a more, uh, would be my response is asking more specific questions, define the outcome that you want and then ask a very specific question. And that's for everybody in all times, right? Like same thing we were just talking about with Shanna on the bid. If the person said, we spent two hours and we're very detailed. What if the guy was just like, I would like to increase my cleaning and organizational efficiency. How much would you charge for that? Shanna's going to go, huh? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But if he said, I would like you to clean these four rooms five times a day, that's different. Even more, even better would go, I would like our employees to come in every morning and feel happy and healthy. Okay, that's even more specific. So 
the quality of the answer is limited almost always by the quality of the question. So probably unsatisfying, but uh, the best I, the best I got for you. Let's try to throw you for a loop with that one. All right. <laughs> loop thrown, received. <laughs> and thrown back. <laughs> and thrown back. Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show, for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. All right, we're going to move over to chat. We got Mimo in the chat out of Melbourne, Australia. Hey, Australia. Good day, mate. <laughs> good day. Um, I said that's so American. Actually, good probably day. good evening. Yeah, good day. No, that's like Australian. Then good day, right? Like that's what they oh, said. the way I said it was super American. Oh yeah, we totally botched oh, it. Totally it's, yeah, it. we didn't do it right. But <laughs> sorry, Mimo. All right, so Mimo is saying that one of the things he's stuck with right now in Melbourne, the uh, domestic cleaning suffered because of the rise of interest rates from two percent to six and a half percent. Holy smokes. And he says, I'm sick and tired of waiting for the market to get better. And I've decided to go commercial cleaning. So he's got some questions. Um, the name house in my domain would be an issue for my marketing as I'll be dealing with businesses and not houses. Because of all the SEO that I do, Google has already labeled me as a house cleaning service. And I think it will be harder to rank high with the commercial cleaning keywords. What do you think? So two issues. One, I hate the, well, you don't understand my area or all these things outside of my control. Um, I'll make what maybe, and I'm going to answer the question for sure on the SEO piece of it, but the base premise of the government raised interest rates, therefore residential services are no good. And I'm going to switch to commercial. I want to push back on that a little, because I think that's a flawed premise. Um, I have found a, a good example would be restaurants. I own a restaurant and the economy, you know, the economy goes bad, interest rates go up, we're in a recession, call it what you want. And my restaurant suffers and I go, I'm not, I'm going to, instead of a restaurant, going to do some other business. But the reality is, you could do that. I'd probably, instead of switching businesses, I'd switch clientele. So in the restaurant business, this is going to be tough for Mimo because I'm going to use some American restaurants that may not exist in, um, in, in Australia. Um, let's just go retail stores. So I think there'll be a little more broad global. So for retail stores, Walmart, I'm sure they got those in Australia. When the market goes bad or the interest rates go up, they're the cheap option. Everybody still buys milk, right? You're not going to be like, well, no more milk for me. Um, and who's it? Do they have Neiman Marcus, Saks or that? I don't know. What's like a fancy Nordstrom? Like whatever the very high dollar stores are, they do fine because people that have high net worth and high income aren't really going to change their spending habits a ton. It's the ones in the middle that get crunched, right? The discretionary spending. So if... For me, I felt the economy was bad, interest rates were high, some sort of external thing. I would probably just go upscale in my market to the multi-million dollar homes of the people that are like, 
yeah, maybe we're not going to buy a yacht this year, or maybe we're not going to go from our $1 million house to our $2 million house or buy a second or third home. But the $450 cleaning every month is not really something that we're going to take in. So a lot of times if we feel we're getting squeezed <laughs> by market forces, we're probably just in the wrong market. Um, and when you go to commercial, so we'll get back to your question, they're certainly not going to stop their their cleaning services, but they may become a little more competitive. So in all the things, it's like, instead of just switching, you know, so I promise you there's commercial people going, interest rates are high, I got to switch something else. And you can kind of go round and round, but I'm not going to switch businesses every time uh, some external circumstance like, comes up and bites me. All right. That said, when it comes to SEO, we don't coach a ton of that because SEO just stands for search engine optimization, which just means doing what you can to get search engines, predominantly Google, to recommend your site when people type in queries that you want to be known for, right? So when people are like, I rank number one on Google, well, that's not a thing, right? For what? For best hairstylist in Phoenix, which is different than best coach on the face of the planet, which is different than you know, where to go to get a good massage, which is different. Like, like there's no, even if you're like, well, in the cleaning company, well, best, best cleaning company in my area. How do I hire a cleaning company? Where do I hire a cleaning company? Cheapest cleaning company, list of cleaning companies, close cleaning. Like, so it's such a big topic that said, so that's what that means. Search engine optimization is really just trying to get Google to, when people type in specific phrases that you would like to rank for, they put you in the on the first page, ideally in the first couple on the first page. The way that you do that is you try and convince Google that you're authoritative, right? That what you say matters that, you know, and this has gone through iteration after iteration, right? When the internet was new, you could just put, you could just keyword stuff right on your page. You would just put cleaner in Phoenix, cleaner in Phoenix, cleaner in Phoenix. And then Google back then it was a lot dumber would go, well, they say cleaner in Phoenix a lot and Lindsay's searching for cleaner in Phoenix. So I'm going to just go ahead and put these kids together. But then they got a little more sophisticated and started saying, well, how do I know just because they put that doesn't mean their authority there. So they'd go with links and things like that and links and backlinks. And, you know, if, you know, a lot of people link to your site, then you're probably authoritative, right? Especially if other authoritative sites rank to your link to your site, then you're probably, so there's all these cat and mouse games where SEO people are like, here's how I'm going to trick Google into thinking I'm authoritative. And Google's like, here's how I'm going to catch you in your tricks and get better and smarter and not think you're authoritative unless you're really. So what we would coach people to do is just create a bunch of content <laughs> that in like we are creating content now. If people start searching Google, because we've got over a thousand episodes, we'll go, hey, maybe you should check this out. We sent other people here and they they seem to like it. So you'll probably get some value. So all that to say, instead of kind of just optimizing for search response, I'm going to try and be authoritative in the market. And as a as a afterthought or as a unintended bonus or an intended bonus, I will also be uh, get some ranking and some juice with Google. That said, you are 100% Correct, Nemo. And the people that are searching for commercial cleaning are not the same people that are searching for residential cleaning. So um, I would probably just start all the way over. And I know you're like, well, you know, because one of the things Google looks like is how old is the website and the older one is going to be considered more authoritative than a newer one. But it is what it is. So I'm, I'm still not going to try and if I started doing, you know, instead of helping owners of cleaning companies, I started owners of real estate companies. I wouldn't be like, all right, the URLs grow my cleaning company. It's been around for a decade, but 
it's also also for a realtor. Like I just, I wouldn't even know how to do it. So it kind of stinks that way. Um, but yeah, I would, I would short answer is yes. I would just start optimizing my new thing. I wouldn't try to salvage my old one. The good news is local sites, because you're still only going to be selling to your area are still pretty non-competitive, even if you're like Melbourne would be a Melbourne, Melbourne, sorry, I gotta say it all Australian would be a pretty competitive market, but it's still far less competitive than a global search term. So short answer, I wouldn't switch just because the government was raising rates. If I did switch, I wouldn't focus on SEO for SEO benefits. And otherwise I would just start a whole new URL website, identity socials. I wouldn't try and you know, have grown my cleaning company socials be like, and we do website design. Like it just, I would just start. Yeah. Start new. All right. Sorry. Long, long answer for a short, short question. Um, we got, man, I went way too long. You've got a thousand players. All right. Let's, let's do this. We haven't done this before, Lindsay. Okay. See if I can do it. How many, like is five. If you got five, I think you've got four or five. I'll rapid fire them. Like we'll go, you hit it. I'll give it like 20 seconds. We'll see if we can. <laughs> Do five in five minutes. I don't think I've ever done that before. I love it. I'm going to sneak one more in for chat because I want to reward chat people. So here we go. Rapid fire. Ready? Hit me. How do you manage to distinguish from the competition? Stupid question. Next. <laughs> I told you I'm fast. <laughs> it's so much easier to answer the questions if I don't listen to them. <laughs> Without spying on other cleaning companies from Daniel in chat. Go. Sorry, I was so dumb, so intent on interrupting you. I didn't listen like a big jury. So now, instead of being faster, I'm slower because I didn't listen. Hit me one more time. You have my full full attention, no interruption. How do you manage to distinguish from the competition without spying on other cleaning companies? Great question. Um, First of all, the spying wouldn't enter into it. I don't care what other people are doing. The last thing I'm going to do if I'm trying to distinguish myself is spy on them because I don't care what they're doing. Second would be niche, 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 baby. Um, if I was just some business coach, super tough, but immediately going, I only help owners and cleaning companies, super specific. So if I was residential, I might say I'm, I help retired people, um, keep up with their, their chores. I help, um, young, successful professionals that are single and live in condos, um, live a life of, you know, their place always looks great. I would niche down very specifically. So easiest, quickest way to distinguish yourself is to niche, niche, and niche some more. All right. Next up, how to increase our existing cleaning contracts to adjust our payroll expenses now that the state has mandated the increase of minimum wages? Okay. So I increase your, oh, how do you just raise price? Easy peasy. That's yeah. You just call and be like, Hey, the, as you know, that's the cool thing, by the way, it's not like your competitors have a different minimum wage than you. And it's not like the minimum wage isn't known. So you just go, Hey, Here's a new price. And if the guy's like, I, I, I go talk to the government. I'm, I, was, I didn't vote for that. If you did, don't complain. And if you didn't, talk to your neighbors who voted for it or the government. But it is what it is. So that's an easy one. When minimum wage goes up, it's a great time to raise prices because people understand prices go up. That there's a there's a cost to voting that way. All right. One more rapid fire. You mentioned in your podcast, you have weekly meetings with the cleaners. What's the benefits to the weekly meetings and how can this be done when so many cleaners work remotely and don't drive? Really good question. So we actually, weekly meetings are in the context of weekly meetings, monthly parties, and quarterly reviews. And the benefit of that is that's the entire effort you really need to put in to run the entire culture of your team. So weekly meetings, monthly parties, quarterly reviews, a couple hours a week, and you're basically running your entire team and making 
sure they stay on core values or do what you're supposed to do. It is all the management time. So most people just kind of do it one by one haphazardly. Some people get too much time, others get not enough. The plan is to make sure everybody gets exactly what they need within your leverage because it's all in groups uh, other than the quarterly reviews. Everything's in groups, so you get to leverage your time. Um, how to do Well, first of all, how to do it if employees don't drive. I'd be like, they should be driving. <laughs> how do they get to their place? And if you're like, I drive them. Well, then I would, I would, I would only, if I owned a cleaning company or an Uber company or any on-site service company, I would, <laughs> of course, I require my people to drive. So that's a different problem. Get, get people that drive. And um, if they work remotely, yeah, that's part of being on this team. Once, once a week, you meet here for 20, 30, 40 minutes. If they can't do that, hire better employees. I shouldn't say better, more committed people that are down with your cause and all in. All right. We'll get better at rapid fire. We're getting there. <laughs> all right. Was that all? Was there more? Did it, There's there so many more, but I don't think we're going to rapid fire this. <laughs> you, all right. Challenge accepted. You give me one that you think super long and I'll give you a short answer. How about oh, that? Goodness. Okay. The opposite of what we usually do. She gives me a short question. I give a long answer. Now she's going to give me a long question. I'm going to give a short answer. All right, here we go. She's making a face like she doesn't trust I can do it. It's on, Lindsay. Don't you worry, girl. All right. I do, she doesn't believe me, but I do know how to be brief. <laughs> My question is, what is the most effective way to gain exposure to post-construction businesses that need a company to clean up after work is completed? I'm not sure where to look. Can you help share your thoughts on this? Don't do post-construction. Next. Sincerely, we don't coach it. It's terrible. Do do recurring work. Easy peasy. Give me one more. What you got? All girl? right. Oh, I got to find it. Got to find it. Okay. I know employees come and go. Because of that, I created a contract for them to sign upon their hiring process to ensure security, blah, blah, blah. Let me get to the point. How could I fully exercise best ethical practices on making sure your employees won't take your clients if they decide to leave? So I feel like contracts for like non-competes and stuff are kind of like, locks on suitcases they're there to keep the honest people on it like the you know what i'm saying like i'm not going to get into someone's suitcase in a little locks on a dishonest person is going to just bust the lock or rip you know rip it up with a knife so same thing if you hire the wrong employee i shouldn't say the wrong employee if you hire non-core values match people that aren't of high ethics you can just have them sign whatever you want they're not gonna do a good job um if you hire the right people that are ethical you know Lindsay doesn't steal from me or lie to me or cheat the company or treat my employees bad not because i had her sign some fancy contract because she doesn't lie she didn't that's just not that's not who she is or what she does so short answer is hire the right people certainly you can have them sign legal documentation all that sort of stuff but the wrong person liars lie cheaters cheat and honest people act honest so hire the right person that's how and then that's really it you got to have core values match people um i don't know how to hire dirt bags and have them act not dirt bags. And if you hire people that don't lie, cheat, and steal, they won't lie, cheat, and steal. All right. I feel like, uh, I don't know. That was, that was not our, it's our first rapid fire, but you feel good, Lindsay? I feel good. That was fun. <laughs> Lindsay says we're good. We're good. All right. Clean Nation, thank you so much for all your questions. I know there's a bunch I didn't get to. Uh, maybe we'll just do a full rapid fire and get caught up next week. But if you're digging it, growmycleaningcompany.com has got all the free resources. Uh, our Facebook group is where you can join to participate live. Welcome to 2024, Clean Nation. See ya. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. 
Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share it with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.